That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So I decided today was the day that, uh, as I was cleaning my room, that I should quit um, murdering my hand and put my pop socket on my phone finally. Oh, nice. So, and now I have a nice upright... Oh, a nice, a nice little phone uh, demo. I you've seen, you know, everybody knows what it is. You guys, I don't have to tell you. I'm the one who uh, is behind the times. But <laughs> well, guys, update. Uh, Simon, I know you don't really know anything about my illustrious career in the service industry, but I was in it for 15 years, out for eight, re-entered <laughs> about a month ago. Uh, just doing events and making tacos for Gorilla Tacos. Ooh. Very fun. Yeah. So we're popping up. I feel like that is the thing with the service industry. It's mm-hmm. like, you know, you always got to come out of retirement for for one last inning. Well, and yeah. For me, that inning was like, you know, multiple times uh, <laughs> for about eight months at a time. So <laughs> that's just kind of, yeah, how it goes. I was thinking about it, you know, we just did an episode about Valentine's Day and kind of like represented other service industry jobs that fuel that, not just the restaurant. Yeah. Um, And I went straight from, you know, waiting tables and bartending into being like an esthetician in the spa world. Mm -hmm. So it's been like 25 years for me that I've been in the service industry. Of letting people push you around. <laughs> yeah. I've, I mean. No, sir. I do not let. I know. It just, you know. No yeah. way. <laughs> no That'd way. be really weird if someone was pushing you around while you were trying to wax their brow or lip. <laughs> Oopsie. Yeah. You kinda want, Sorry about that. You kind of want to give your waxer maximum respect, I yeah, think. Yeah, exactly. Do you want this even or what? I mean. <laughs> Guys, welcome to Sidework Podcast. I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. Hey guys, I'm your other host, Andrea Wallace. And we have a very special guest joining us today in the pod den. Everyone welcome Simon Gibson. Oh, hi. Oh, hi. Hey. It hey. is I, It Simon is him. Gibson. It is he has, who has been talking about the Hollywood video. Yeah, we Service really got industry. in there deep before we said your name. Yeah. Well, they know who I am. They I mean, know. Everyone, <laughs> they I know. have that After voice. like a couple minutes, they're like, oh, it's Simon. Oh, yeah, it's oh, totally yeah. Simon. Oh, Simon from Hollywood Video. Yeah. <laughs> in the 90s. You know, in Portland. Um, I definitely had a moment uh, of being back in the service industry last Saturday night. I was making tacos for the Modern Family Rap Party. Wow. Like the rap of like the, the entire whole show. series finale. 11 years of Modern Family. Wow. Which is wild because like Lily, the little baby, you're like, she's 13 and an awkward teen. Teenager, just like going back. I mean, Ooh. she was sweet. There, everyone was a total. What sweetheart. a trip to live your whole life on camera. On TV, being how 
followed by like Eric's all those kids and, really right? yeah I mean it worked out for the Olsen twins right they're doing fine <laughs> they're healthy emotionally yeah healthy they've got it all figured out <laughs> But um, but so yeah, I think that was the trippiest part is the yeah. actors who always were adults just look a little more botoxed and the same yeah. and lovely. But then to see these kids physically all grown up is just you know, um, Manny is just like such a cute little man now. Um, he's so sweet, and then the youngest daughter didn't he get he got like super. He didn't get buff, no. did he? No, okay. absolutely right. not. I had I had a visual on him just a few nights ago. The yeah. answer is no. He's still sharp dressed, little roly poly, total cutie. But he's like taller, like he's thin, like yeah, he's thin now. But he man, I can't buff. wait. I'm waiting for myself to get taller too to kind of. It's gonna happen, thin it Simon. <laughs> it happens around 38. So just 38. A few more okay, years. good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I was. I got at... 10 more years. Okay, I just said I'm 30. Yeah, your metabolism just keeps getting higher <laughs> yeah. as you age. Yeah, that's how it works. <laughs> but uh, I, it has been a hot minute. But uh, there was an hour of downtime for no fucking good reason. It was like set up, set up, set up, serve everyone at the beginning, like a real flow for 90 minutes. But then they Is had this like catering, or you're like this, in. You're... They hired like every good restaurant in LA to do a pop-up food stand. Oh, fun. So wow. it was like Mozzo is next to us. What the? Like Katsuya. Ooh, did and you like, guys all trade food? We did. Hell yeah. It was, it was really was fun. I mean, it's on it's my good. like, you know. Were they doing pizzas? <laughs> yeah, they were doing, they set up like wood burning, uh, you know, fire pits and all that stuff. Yeah. So. That's kind of one of my, I feel like, just to rack up like some credit card debt, I want to go to Matzo. It one did time. not break the bank. I think it's like when you add on if you're gonna have a ton of cocktails and overpriced wine. But I yeah. didn't feel they like also the food have good like bar is... happy hours during the week if you can like get in there instead of the bar. Do they? And yeah. sometimes Nancy Silverton's there like working the bar. Wow! Mm-hmm. All right, wow. I'm going. Insider tip: Do it. <laughs> this but, is a uh... put just one big plug for Matzo. <laughs> I love <laughs> you because they need it. <laughs> but everyone, everyone went to go watch like a farewell blooper reel and. Like, this is our life for the past 11 years video. So they're like, yeah, everyone feel free uh, to just sit down and pick your ass, but you're not going anywhere. And I have (laughs) not had, like, first of all, I haven't had a restaurant job in so long. And then this was my first, like, I'm fucking pissed that I'm working in a restaurant and now there's downtime and I'm not doing anything. Yeah. a very weird come to Jesus 41 year old moment where I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like I have so much going on in my life right now that being told to just go fuck off for an hour while we're on the job is driving me crazy. I yeah. like, I didn't know what, and we were in a bar yeah, and just sitting there where they were like slapping our hands. I'm like, well then give us a drink or something. Yeah. You, you can't, I've been wild. I've been wild. I've been able to do whatever I want yeah. for years now. And that yeah. was like a real moment of like this job, this is fucking annoying. Well, let's get into uh, a little headline. I found this hilarious. I just um, opened up this article uh, that, okay, so we all, can we picture the logo for Jägermeister? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So it's a deer with antlers yeah, and, like a, a, and a crest and a sorts. holy cross that's like shining between its antlers, Whoa. right? So in um, uh, in Switzerland, there has been a court battle over the use of, because this is the image of a saint. It's like the patron saint of hunting and not getting rabies. Sw- Swedish mm. specifically? Swedish, uh, uh, Swedish Catholic or just Swi- Catholic? Swiss. Swiss. Oh, I'm sorry. Swiss. Swiss. Yeah, I know. I, I, Yeah, and so it is a Catholic origin story about a guy who basically went... <laughs> 
he had been living a selfish life and went hunting in the woods and a magic deer spoke to him apparently in godlike human tones. Oh, to, hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. yo dude, get you, you better fly right. You I'm going to get lost <laughs> and then I'm going to get lost. You know what I mean? Well, the, the deer the deer told him that he needed to lead a holy life or he would quickly go to hell. So this freaked <laughs> out the guy named Hubert um, and he qu- quickly went back, like changed Hubert. his life. Hey, Hubert. Going to hell? <laughs> So anyways, this is like sort of like a a very religious crest. And the thing is, not that many people these days knows what it represents. And it's been on the bottles of Jägermeister for so much longer that the court has now ruled it can't possibly be offensive to Christians because it's more affiliated with liquor than it is with religion. And so they threw out the case. And Jägermeister's in the clear and now can start branding more than just bottles with that Jägermeister. Well, that's because that's all we need is more what? Jägermeister branding. Oh, nothing things. says class like a Jäger, like a Jäger t-shirt, <laughs> yeah. maybe a Jäger. Jägerator. Jägerator. You yourself a man cave with a Jägerator. <laughs> I mean, you know, any man cave of mine, it's going to be fully <laughs> branded with Jäger. Also, let's go back to Hubert for a second. Yeah, let me give full you his full horror movie name. Right. Like, have you noticed something strange with Hubert lately? <laughs> yeah. And then yeah, it's just like, a, like just like slow zooming in on a deer's face. <laughs> so yes, he's known as Saint Hubert. I've decided and, to live a holy life. But it, I do love it. It is the patron saint of like successful hunting trips and also not getting rabies, which yeah. is also what the... <laughs> What Which is what uh, I think. I'm pretty sure Jägermeister used to be a rabies vaccination, right? Yeah, or it gives you rabies. It depends <laughs> if you get a bad batch. If you drink yeah. enough, it gives you rabies. If you drink more, it takes it away. It's a real <laughs> ebb and flow. It's like the like HPV drinking yourself sober of yeah. shots. The hangovers I've had from Jäger has felt like rabies. So I'm <laughs> curled up in your car, yeah. frothing at the mouth. <laughs> yeah, I feel like Jäger shots are just like someone buys you a shot and they're just like, I got a whole tray of Jäger, and you're just like. Fuck. Yeah. What is fine? Fine, Jaeger, I'll do it. Fireball. Fine. Goldschlager. Like, oh, Remember man. the Goldschlager? Because there's the gold flakes in it and yeah. it cuts your throat on the way down. And I've never had that. More drunk, really. I never had it. It's no. just a syrupy cinnamon. Goldschlager and Bailey's is an oatmeal cookie, baby. Is that what that is? Something like that. Mm. Yeah. It's actually pretty delicious. <laughs> well, let's move into some server submitted stories. Oh, yes. Okay, guys, first story today. Hi, ladies. I love you all and your podcast so much. Uh, I've got a story for you that just happened today, so it's fresh, and I think you'll get a kick out of it. I work at an extremely busy breakfast restaurant in Orange County, California. I was walking to the kitchen through another server section when a lady at a four top makes eye contact with me, mouths something and uses a hand gesture. Uh, Since she was not speaking any words, I didn't know what she wanted, but her hand gesture was up and down arm and hand movement with her fingers in an O shape. Generally, (laughs) I'm just going to laugh. Of an uh, shape of an O. Okay. So generally, I like to shame customers for doing things like this, i.e. draw a square when they want a box or a squiggle in midair for the check. But the lady today was just making me crack up. I said to her, I'm so sorry. What is it that you need? <laughs> I couldn't tell by your gesture. And I proceeded and I proceeded to make the jerking off motion for the rest of them to see and connect the dots. They all started cracking up and, they, and then she says, catch up. <laughs> 
All the while, everyone at the table starts to mid-air jerk off, and the one guy goes as far as to double up the BJ style. <laughs> I love that so much. And then tell me that our pancakes are so good here. Oh, great. Awesome. Yeah. But <laughs> Double jerking ketchup. off in the face. Yeah. Hi, props to the pancake chef. Um, I bring them the ketchup, and thankfully, they were my people, and they all had a good laugh and no manager complaint. Amazing. On their way out, I was traying up drinks in the well, and all four of them walked by and shout, thanks for the ketchup again with a variety of jerk off BJ gestures. <laughs> Plenty of guests at the bar and table saw as well as my colleagues. Needless to say, my coworkers were very confused by this, and I had to explain that I wasn't giving blowies at the table, <laughs> simply bringing ketchup. This definitely gave me a good laugh today, and I hope it gives you one too. Ah, oh, keep up the great work. I love your podcast, and I tell my friends to listen. Godspeed, good tips, and hand jobs for all. Lindsay. Yeah. Oh, my God. That so good. I fucking, that's so funny. <laughs> hand jobs with it ketchup. Yeah, I'm, I'm a assuming fan. the way she was doing it, it was like it was like she was jerking off a horse, like an upside down weenie. Like, you know, right. like. It's already like a, like a, a, yeah, someone it's a dangle. She's, she's doing horse. a dangly hand job. You yes. know, like you're like you're trying to get the ketchup out of the bottle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm usually, um if I were to do my uh, impression of disgusting people I see at diners that I've waited on, I, it would be like me licking a knife and then putting it into the bottle and going around and then being like more of this please <laughs> I've just seen some some wild shit we should do a we should I just wanted we should start just doing videos, videos? for hand gestures we should for what you need I'm at a restaurant mm-hmm. I think uh, Lindsay's in Orange County yeah that's, so what, yeah that's what she said we're gonna we're gonna ask her to get a crew together and we'll come do a show for you and your server friends Lindsay oh, get on that wow. alright this one comes from at Addicted to opulence. Mm, mm, mm. Ooh. <laughs> I work in a speakeasy, already bragging, behind a popular pizza place in Toronto. It's like a 20-seat wine bar, so I work by myself, which is great for money, but also is stressful for every other reason. <laughs> I am a short woman, and I have what I would call resting babysitter's face. <laughs> Drunk men make me anxious because of an assault, so I am very conscious about over-serving people. If I have to cut people off, I usually ask a big dude to do it for me, because once I cut those coked-up losers off and they spat in my face, Jesus. I didn't vet this fully, but here we go. My fave regulars at the time come in and i can tell they've had a bunch to drink before they get there so i agree to get them one glass each and some snacks as their food arrives they begin to argue at full volume <laughs> about where their relationship is going mm. and why he won't marry her uh-oh they're fighting like there's nobody else in the room and when i go over to to quality the food, I noticed that their teeth are purple, and that's probably not from the one glass they had with me. I decided it's probably best to slow down service, and luckily I close in like 30 minutes, so it's not an issue. The woman at the table next to them are the fun, good kind of drunkest guests who are celebrating a birthday, and luckily they chime in and diffuse the situation with the couple by pretending to be couples therapy. <laughs> oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> As last call rolls around, I ask if I can get their bill set up for them, and they ask for another glass of wine, and in a random act of bravery, <laughs> no time to get a male coworker. 
I say, I'm very sorry, but I can't serve you any more alcohol. They got mad, but paid their bill and tipped responsibly, and I never saw them again. Hmm. Until ah, I was at the pizza place's bar picking up a beer, and there I saw them sitting having dinner. Still no ring on her finger. Mm. P.S. I got strep throat on Valentine's Day with nobody to cover me. I love the service industry. (laughs) (laughs) That was a harrowing tale. It's there a harrowing was, tale. There was a lot packed in there. A lot with, going on. A lot of, a lot of past ooh. trauma. And past trauma. Um, you know, and she wasn't clear if, if you were assaulted by a drunk person or you've seen it in the bar or it's someone you know. Like, it happens. Yeah. You know, we want all of our servers to be safe. We need to look out for each other. So we yeah. are certainly very sorry that that happened to you. Yeah. But it's very real. It's not something we feel like we need to skip over in terms of talking about. No. We've I love dedicated, the couple yeah. was like, so full of shame they're like oh we can never go back in there ever 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 again we're gonna have to fight in the pizza part (laughs) (laughs) i think though what i love is when customers who are drunk and can't get in trouble with management do your heavy lifting for you Mm -hmm. that is the best thing in the world yeah like they're not gonna get in trouble for saying whatever they want to other drunk people other than a potential fist fight break now right now But I like that they were smart and it was probably like fun drunk women who were feeling a little footloose and were like, let's do couples therapy for them. (laughs) (laughs) The way that can only happen at 2 a.m. after everyone has wine teeth from drinking too much. And little place has 20 seats, which hence being alone, unless she like has a trusty bar back. But I mean, that's how you make your money in places like that is you're just you're just by yourself. Oh, yeah. 20 seats. Well, you guys, we would love to keep getting some more server-submitted stories from you all. Uh, a lot of these came in through the Instagram, which is totally cool. But if you can take that extra moment and shoot us an email via sideworkpod at gmail.com, we like that even better. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. we'll take them any way we can get them. All right. Love you guys. Bye. You, the listeners, have asked for it. Not all of you, a few of you. But you wanted us to really go in on the side of service industry, which is cafes, being a barista, basically working in your espresso bars. Uh, Same, I mean, this job is basically cut from the same cloth with just very different job details and customers. So uh, today... We are going to start part one of a two-part series talking about Dawn of the Barista, when I named it. <laughs> Your barista life. Barista life. Dawn and, of the Baristas, yes. Yeah, right, because they so, sort of sound, because well, I love the barristers are a very British thing, and barista, you know, it's just yeah. a fancy word for a person who makes coffee drinks. Yeah. yeah. You know. That's and it's me. really, uh, you know, it's kind of. It's an, uh, the, the art of coffee. Mm-hmm. Artisanal. I mean, mm-hmm. third wave, all that stuff. Yeah, so I I mean, you know, I was a barista. And I mean, I, I would do it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I mean, when I, I moved to L.A. about 12 years ago. And so that was my first job because uh-huh. my uncle was managing. So my uncle... <laughs> I got a, I got a family, uh, you know, lineage of baristas. Uh, oh, I knew I invited you for a reason. <laughs> so my uncle uh, was like one of the original baristas at this place in Seattle called Vivace, which essentially was kind of the first, the first place to like introduce latte art to. Oh the americas that's so cool uh and so basically vivace um 
started out as like a coffee cart on Capitol Hill mm-hmm. uh, in Seattle, like in the late eighties, and uh, and he worked there for years, and you know that place, you know that cart. I remember as a kid going to like because my mom also lived in Seattle too. And I'd go with my mom to like go to that cart and it'd be like, you know, like a 10 deep line at all times, you know? Cool. And, uh, and so basically he was managing a place in LA, uh, that used Vivace beans. Okay. Uh, It's called Cafe Lux. Shout out. Uh, no, not shout out. I hate that place, but, um, (laughs) For a lot of reasons, but they're going to sue me. Um, no. Don't so he it. he was managing there, and, uh, you know, I was, you know, I was about 23, 24, mm-hmm. and it was kind of like make or break time for mm-hmm. me. You know, I'm like just living in Portland, working in a grocery store deli, you know, just kind of like, what am I doing? Like, I grew up acting. I grew up singing. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like, is this is the time where I need to, like, actually make this move and so he said you know if you move to la you can stay with me and i can get you a job at this place as like a bar back and like a barista apprenticeship okay so that's how serious this place was it wasn't like it was like you know you're apprenticing to be you know uh an artisan coffee maker i love Uh, that and so yeah i moved i moved down to la uh you know the next day started working there and uh, you know, literally went through a six month training. Yes, yeah, uh, we are one hundred percent going to discuss. Yeah, all of this, and yeah. Uh, and so yeah, and you know, basically got trained there, and then you know, have worked in outside of like Starbucks or Coffee Bean, mm-hmm. and you know, no, nothing. I mean, I drink Starbucks, sure. so nothing against it. Um, but yeah, I mean, I've pretty much worked in all different you've, you've kinds done of, it you've yeah. done it used Andrea, to, maybe yeah. i used to compete a little bit i don't know oh we're gonna see that's okay that's that's great we're, cool. we're gonna dive into that as well i but, did yeah well that's awesome because now that we've definitely got your credentials um we always love to you know ask our guests a little bit before we dive into the topic so it's so awesome to hear that like not only did you do like six months of training you're the level of being a competitor which is awesome so yeah we'll dive into a little bit of history if you guys let me uh tell some fun facts we'll start off and then we'll dive into personal experience yeah sound good okay so this is mostly like for our listeners i might be saying some of this stuff back to you guys who already know this but i was having so much fun researching um so all right and we're not going to get deep into the into the history of the beverage itself just Mm -hmm. more like origin we want to talk about the service aspect of it yeah to stay on topic with our podcast um but so the origins of the coffee bearer uh the origins of the coffee berry, uh, they are considered like Middle Eastern from an American perspective. Um, and an Ethiopian goat herder named Kaldi noticed his goats were eating these beans off of a plant and then bouncing off the walls filled with energy and confidence. So then Kaldi tried some of the delicious little morsels, loved them. <laughs> And then, of course, told all the homeboys at the local monastery about these coffee beans, and they quickly figured out how to turn it into a beverage, which is like, that's all monks do. Mm-hmm. What is, like, monks yeah. are responsible for a lot of good beverages. Um, it's like, all right, celib- celibacy apparently creates fantastic beer, yeah. wine, and coffee. Yeah. Yeah. 
So now coffee, you know, has European roots. And even though now it's America's number one favorite beverage, yeah. definitely was a huge part of um, Europe. In uh, the 1650s, a Greek guy opened the first coffee house in London, okay? And coffee was more like Turkish style back then. Right, so it was really Drinking crude. Drinking tea in London. Exactly. So it was very crude. It was thick. Um very bitter because that's yeah. how Turkish coffee tastes. Um, but because it's an addictive stimulant, everyone was just all about it no matter yeah. what. And so these coffee houses started existing during the Enlightenment era of Europe, which I think is so cool other than the fact that um, – once again, women not allowed in coffee houses. What? Yeah, no, we've done so much research. Women women were not allowed in restaurants in America or Europe. We weren't allowed to work in them unless our dad was the innkeeper or the owner. Mm-hmm. Women weren't even allowed to technically bartend until the 1970s. Wow. Yeah. So no surprise here to us and our listeners that coffee houses were for men only. Yeah. Um, and the the appeal was these coffee houses were seen as a quieter and more sedate meeting place for conversation when you compared it to the public houses where everyone was getting like super belligerent on warm ale. Um, okay. And so the price of admission to an, an enlightenment coffee house is one penny, which got you a cup of coffee and entitled you to loaf around all day smoking, reading, and inviting yourself into titillating conversation. Cool. I mean, I, I know, like, in mm-hmm. Italy, like, if you're going to sit and stay, there's an extra charge, like, that, that still exists today. The Ugh. minute the minute I heard the first case of a coffee cafe camper, which is, like, the person who's like, but I bought one cup of coffee for a yeah. dollar, and I just keep getting free refills. I get to live here, right? <laughs> Immediate PTSD, but we'll get into that. (laughs) Um, But so basically these uh, Penny Coffee Enlightenment houses became known as Penny Universities. Uh Uh-huh. Because the craze of these coffee houses um, within a year grew from only one to about 500 citywide. Gee, in London? In the London, yeah, and the greater British metropolitan area. Everyone was like, let's get some coffee and make it. Yeah. And so... These coffee houses during this era were also considered communities of practice based on which types of learning institution the coffee house was situated near. So basically, men got together in these coffee houses to exchange knowledge. Right. Uh, which yeah. I think is so very Freudian, right? It was very Freudian. I I didn't see any particular mention of Freud, but God, that. Well, oh, I'm pretty is. sure it was like Vienna coffee houses and like mm-hmm. talking enlightenment and fucking your mother and all that stuff. Oh God, with the psycho. psycho I mean, that's analysis. what we do in coffee. Here's houses, a grand, here's you know? a Godfather. We still do that. Um, <laughs> no women allowed. <laughs> no women allowed. <laughs> I want to talk about how I'm attracted to my mother. No women allowed. <laughs> Um, so, for example, coffee houses near a cathedral would be patronized by clergymen and the- theologian. Wait, theology. Wow, I practiced this last night. So, coffee houses near a cathedral would be patronized by clergymen and theologians. I like that you're just saying theologian in the mirror all night all last night. All night long. <laughs> theologian. Carry on. You know, and I know, I know they're probably all dishing the hottest new ideas about religious oppression and witches or whoever. Ugh. Um, And then a block down, a coffee shop would be affiliated with a scientific university. And it is said that Isaac Newton dissected a dolphin on a coffee shop table. Hmm. He brought a a whole dolphin. Right. Here's the thing. I thought the timeline. (laughs) No women allowed. (laughs) Dolphins. (laughs) 
Both I mean, are this fun. is like, yes, this is, I love, but this culture still exists. There's still like, you know, the coffee shop near the thing that everybody hangs out at. University exactly. coffee shops. I mean, all yeah. the props. Where, yeah. So this is still definitely something that exists, especially when it comes to collegiate life hanging out in coffee shops like being young like they talking about are so interlaced you know i do feel like uh in la though too that there's um it's like a coffee shop but it's really it's like just a bunch of like older turkish dudes just like smoking hookah it's like, oh absolutely. yeah and That's... there's no and there's no women in there either yeah it's but such it's just... a male tobacco and caffeine no yeah. ladies it's a very still... chicago mm-hmm. big on that too yeah um, first of all, can we go back and talk about the health code violations when you dissect a dolphin <laughs> on a coffee shop I think that's yeah. pre-existing to health codes. <laughs> so this was a quote from one of the articles that I got some of this early history, and I think this makes tons of sense. So it says, coffee houses, they were places where people went to learn the latest news, where people actively engaged with each other in gossip, animated discussion, and fierce debate on a broad range of topics from politics to religion to science. They were social communities of sorts. They were the internet of their day. And now everyone is silent and stares at the internet. Yeah. Funny how times have changed. So, <laughs> and, and if we're talking about like the, you know, the coffee houses that, that kind of still exist, if we're talking about like going back to Italy, like you're also getting, you're not just getting coffee, you're getting like, you can probably get like a spreads. You can get like a, some mm-hmm. booze to a point, you know? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, listen, Italy's always got the good shit on lock. They were always doing it right. Um, But America popularized uh, coffee basically in the 1700s after the Boston Tea Party. Tea Party. Exactly. And there was the revolt against King George. So it prompted us to start drinking that good stuff, that cup of joe. (laughs) Um, And so because the Dutch had already began trading coffee seeds worldwide, it was very easy because so much of um, the New World was settled by the Dutch. We just started planting coffee trees everywhere wow. growing our own um so then you fast forward during the american gold rush like uh, post-civil war era american gold rush cowboy days john folger began selling his coffee to gold miners oh. easy to travel with yeah well, that is mm-hmm. the best part of waking up your, <laughs> sure get is. your percolator on my pan of gold <laughs> and some cowboy coffee <laughs> which is just boiling it all in a pot together yeah. and, and I, you're ch- like chewing it it's very yes. very gritty very gritty cup of coffee um and then huge companies like maxwell house followed suit so then after that basically post civil war era wild west instant coffee in america was completely the norm all the way up until the 1970s huh it was all so the flavor crystals flavor crystals interesting right so then starbucks reverted it back to um, roasted sort of uh, specific uh, origin beans. Yeah. um, And people started to be turned on to a tailored fresh cup of coffee, but they didn't do that. They were only wholesale bean um, sellers, and they did not make any drinks in-house for nine years, even after being wildly popular. Um, And basically, and do the math right now, Starbucks is 50 years old. Whoa. Whoa. Isn't that crazy? It opened in the 1970s as a place where you could go get beans, and they were friends with the um, guy. Uh, his last name is Pete, or his first name is Pete, but Pete's Coffee and Teas. Oh, yeah. So they all worked together. But what? Exactly. A bunch of people got bought out. A new guy bought the company. And I'm he, learning. Exactly. And then he went to Italy and saw someone with an actual espresso machine and mm-hmm. making an actual like latte with a crema and beautiful frothed mm-hmm. milk and was like, what if we open just one station 
for drinks and they rejected it were like fuck no people only want beans this is a you make this beverage at home and then within like a day they had 40 customers in line for a fresh um pulled latte and then within the end of the week it was constantly like 80 people deep in a line and then they just went bonkers people wanted it People want it. They wanted it. So it, what you said about your uncle having the cart in Seattle in the 80s is mm-hmm. 100. Like, it really wasn't until the 80s that people um, ever heard of or saw a latte in America. Yeah. And then you, we started to see it in movies and television. Yeah. Central Perk, anybody? Oh. Friends. Ding dong a ding dong ba ding dong. That's all we can do. That's, That's all we can it. do. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, well, cause like, if you think about trying to get sued here, people (laughs) being a certain age, um, like I remember the first time we saw soy married an ax murderer. Oh yeah. And like, they watched the, it's like the journey of a latte. Hello. I know. (laughs) So funny. I asked for a large San Francisco beatnik coffee culture in the 90s. 100%. Oh, so that movie. I wish I could live in San Francisco in that time. I know, right? Oh, yeah. I could have afforded it. Yeah, everyone could have at that point. Um, so it is really funny that like this boom of having good sort of tailored, high quality, more expensive coffee yeah. um, is relatively new yeah. to America for sure. Um, and uh, so then with the higher priced, you know, cafe mocha or latte or whatever, um, with the higher price came the right to sit around longer. Hence, more cafes, Java huts, espresso bars emerged to basically um, fill that need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then basically invented the entire job title of being a barista. Yeah. So it invented like the American version of cafe culture. Absolutely. Yes. Which is not as cool. It isn't because prior to that America was we sit in a diner and we have brewed coffee. Yeah. Which is fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's instant. Uh, Yeah, exactly. The the frozen crystals or whatever. And 100% there's a time and a place that stuff is good. We have talked ad nauseum about how good a cup of diner coffee is. But yeah, when you with, don't want that with a lot of cream and a lot of sugar, it's it's like yeah, a you don't taste it black. Don't do it. No, no, no. Let's say it again. Um, a barista is a person whose job involves preparing and serving different types of coffee. OK, let's just say it. You are a coffee waiter. You are a coffee bartender. And these jobs have a ton of crossover. Yep. So full sisters and brothers in the service industry, no doubt. Um, I think it'd be fun to first of all start about uh I think it'd be fun to start off and talk about the standard drinks mm-hmm. that baristas have to make. Um, and we can talk about what people always get wrong. So here's a quick glossary. We can nerd out on a few Ooh, of the can, classics. Can it be a test too? Yeah, I might test you. Okay. Great. I'm going to test both of you. Let's have fun. Okay. Um, how about for this one? I'm going to give you the description and you tell me what it's called. Okay. okay. Equal parts espresso and hot water. Uh, Americano? I asked Simon, but correct. Yes. Thank Sting. you. <laughs> All right. All well, right. And that's because uh, the Americano, it comes from, uh, I mean, I. Well, in know, Europe. I'm paraphrasing, you, but I think yeah. it was like World War II when Americans were in Europe, Europe and they couldn't, they don't couldn't drink regular yeah, coffee. No. So they would put, they Sorry, espresso with water. I just jumped on it because it's my favorite drink. I know. It's you. a great I drink. Have, I should have saved it for you. It's but a great yes, drink. It means you're an American bitch. Here's your yeah. watered down coffee. <laughs> I love uh, it. Okay. Here's one. <laughs> I love it. If I somebody calls it. me an American bitch, I, you know. 
I'm going back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I love that kind of abuse. <laughs> yeah. Oh, they, they got the good stuff. I got called an American bitch so many times in Italy. <laughs> I got to go to Italy. What ice cream in a shot of espresso? Oh. Affogato. Ding. She's correct. Oh, I didn't know we were. Are we racing we're, or it's just racing. back and forth? Okay. No, no, no. Because no. I had it too. Okay. I know. You know, it's one of my okay. favorites. This one's for you, yeah. Simon. And this is one where it's a test for me if I yeah. know that they're good baristas because uh-huh. it will very often not be on the menu, but they go, no problem. Yeah. Okay. Espresso with just a little bit of flat steamed milk. Hmm. Uh, starts, I mean. Starts with a C. Oh, uh, I mean, is that a cortado? Yes. So, okay, that's the thing with, okay, because. It's like wait, wait feels with the bell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, can I do it? Yeah. Oh, Yay. that felt good. Okay. Um, uh, so a cortado, uh, I mean, it means like cortado, Gibraltar. Right. It's that's like. like uh, uh, because when you sweet. order a cortado, they have mm-hmm. them on menus everywhere now. Mm-hmm. But isn't and Blue cor- Bottle the Gibraltar? Isn't that their version of a cortado? So, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. Gibraltar, what somebody told me, is just the kind of cup. It's a Gibraltar cup. Oh, okay. and it comes oh, in. I understand now. It's like kind of the, the glass cup that it comes yeah. in. Right, because they should usually be about, it's like a four-ounce drink altogether. Yeah, four to six. Mm-hmm. Uh, a cappuccino is like traditionally six, six. ounces. Uh-huh. You know, lattes, eight ounces. Right. And the thing that's with, not how we're doing it we're doing 20 ounce lattes these and, days you know, i love it you know uh, I give me a that's cup of milk so much milk in any given day it's yeah. like four times your weekly intake in i mean one just think about latte. this would you would anyone if it wasn't a latte just drink a 12 ounce cup of hot milk like you'd be no. insane no i mean so, would, <laughs> yeah that's why because like uh, people on this show know i like short strong beverages yeah. i love like just a short strong cocktail don't make it tall ever or even if it's strong don't put it in a tall glass like i I just, yeah. ah, it's a thing. It's a portion, proportion thing. And a cortado for someone who's like, you know, lattes are too milky, but they like their flat milk, not the foam. Ask for a cortado. It's going to be real coffee forward and yummy with just enough creamy milk to give it that like awesome mouthfeel. Yeah. So is a flat white like the same thing? No. A flat Ew, white has different proportions. Got it. But it's almost, almost similar. Okay. It's just a bigger drink overall. Right. But it's like not as big as a latte. Not as big as a latte. Sure? I know. Yeah, All this shit fine. is crazy. So you guys, this is like truly is bartender. Oh, wait. So yeah. flat white is kind of like a cappuccino without foam. Well, here. It's a it's a cappuccino. <laughs> I mean, a flat a flat white is essentially an eight ounce drink. I mean, and here's the thing, because people in New Zealand and people in Australia think a flat white is like something different. So, you know, I in in L.A., there are a lot of Australians you yes. know, taking all our acting it's jobs. A, you know it's a it real scourge of Australians. Yeah. Uh, and they love espresso yes, in yes, Australia. I mean, yes. some of the best baristas in the world oh, come I from... I woke up every morning in Australia, marched right down to the restaurant in the in the long-term apartment hotel I was staying in or whatever. A residence inn? Uh, not like that. I forget what it's called. It was, it was yeah. called Deadbeat Dads. Um, but it uh, got a flat white every morning with my avocado toast with rocket on it. Ooh, you know? what's rocket? Arugula. That's what they call oh, it. Oh, everywhere about here. Yeah. But, um, okay, so a flat white is bi- like a cafe au lait is equal parts drip coffee and steam smooth milk. steam milk, yes. whereas a flat white is ex- is uh, um, equal parts uh, espresso and, oh my God, my brain just shut up. And steam milk. 
Exactly. It's steam milk, but it's smoother than a latte. Even smoother because it's so flat, baby. It's flat, flat, flat. Got it. Yeah. Yeah. Like, don't even move it. Just, like, let it, like, steam. Don't get any air into that yeah. shit. Or you have to, like, tap it on the... Tap it out. And that's uh. how you know someone's good is where they, uh, you know, just kind of, like, flamboyantly just knock the pitcher on the counter, get yeah. the bubbles out. Maybe you have your hand over it yep. so there's no splash they're up. Just yeah. like a, they're just like a one thwack, and then your coffee is perfect. I just remember churn. when I was training, I was just like, oh, I can't wait till someday I can bang the... Milk steamer. It's pre- wow! It's yeah. pretty fun. It's because pretty- when I when I first started out, so like obviously you know I I moved to L.A. with some sort of you know asinine like I'm gonna get discovered right away, <laughs> and then I'm working at Cafe Lux with people who had gone to Carnegie Mellon and were had like just been in a movie, and they're like working next to me, and it was kind of this big thing where I was like, oh, I'm totally out of my league right now. But they were also just incredible baristas, and they were so cool. And you know, it's like I just moved to moved to LA from you know Oregon, mm-hmm. and it's like I'm seeing like you know uh, Hillary Swank like walk in and just treat these baristas like they were gods, rock stars, you know? man, rock stars. And they're so cool, you know. It's like they look they were they looked like they were like in bands to literally rock stars and yeah. they're just like banging the the milk pitcher on the thing and everyone's just like oh my god you know and, the, and everyone well, was so, so hot it's I'm so just personal like, the way they pour it for you where they wait till you're in front of them yeah to to give you that milk and they don't and give slide it, it to you and they don't put a lid on it because mm-hmm. they want you to see the latte art. that was one of my things i was like if they put a lid on it for me this place is a piece of shit this place is terrible that's how yeah, i know exactly and now i don't care but i mean back then <laughs> and at Cafe Lux, we used to say this thing where, like, uh, you know, because this was before pour over coffee became like all the rage. You know, it was like twelve years ago. Pour over is like now it's older, but swell. like really, yeah. And we used to say all the time, "We don't do drip." <laughs> <laughs> and you loved to like basically, you would just hold up your knuckle tattoos that just said, "We don't do drip." Yeah, no drip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would work as uh, like like W E D D and then drip on the other <laughs> the um, other four. So Simon, like I feel like it'd be great to have you break down um, like yeah. the duties and a typical day. Like, what does a barista do? What yeah. what are you tasked with? Yeah, I mean, so it kind of depends on the on the busyness of uh, of a place. Typically, the way I did it is, you know, you have three people. You have your shot person who is taking all the orders. And that is essentially like you're doing the heavy lifting. They're like the host and sort of doing service. Yeah. And it's and it's a thankless job. You're like, yeah, I feel like you're like working. The, you're the line uh, person. You, oh, you're controlling God. the line. Uh, you know, so a lot of the places that I worked at, uh, we had a no cell phone rule in line. So if somebody's on their phone, we would literally, and this is something that I eventually, like, my soul was broken, and I was like, you want to talk on your phone? I don't give a shit. You know, if you (laughs) fuck up your own order because you're on the phone, we'll deal with it later, but I'm not going to, 
I, but I used to like get off on you know telling like some fancy pants businessman that he like had to get We're off. We're not going to help Bluetooth. you until you're off yeah. your phone. I think that's perfectly acceptable though. It's perfectly yeah, acceptable, but, it but I just fu- it fucks the flow. It and fucks I know up it's the flow, them right? The flow, but it it fucks the workers. And I right. just got you know I I just got tired of fighting. Well, my fight, I, I lost my fight towards the well, end of Simon, it. Simon, I don't know if you know this. L.A. wins every time. L.A. does. Baby. It'll always win. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and once you once you know that, folks, <laughs> you're gonna be all right. <laughs> um, but yeah. So basically, the shop person is like, you know, you are truly working. You know, you're sweating. You know, it's like seven, eight in the morning. Like you're tired. I'm tired. You know, I've I've been a barista like as long as I've been doing comedy. Mm-hmm. So I started comedy and I'd be out to like one, two in the morning mm, right. and have to be up at five thirty to open the place at six, you know. And I think some people don't understand that like at a lot of these coffee shops if they're independently owned and a place where people hang out late into the night, a lot of these places are open from like five AM to like midnight. You know, uh, I mean, that, that yeah. could be like the time they're open. That's a that's a long day. Yeah. You're not going to work the whole thing, but that's a long amount of hours to be open. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, the shop person uh, is the one basically controlling the line, pulling all the shots. And if you're working at a place like a lot of times you're measuring out the grams. Mm. So you're like put your you got your your shot pulled from your grinder and then you put it on a scale and then you put it in the. In the group head, and then you time that shot. So you are like literally taking orders, controlling the line, pulling the shot, timing the shot, weighing the shot, you know? And let's uh, clarify this is a good coffee shop, right? Where yeah. things are this is where artisanal, things have they're very measured. This is, yeah. There's been training that has gone in behind uh, every person behind that line has spent months on just milk before they're allowed to even move on yeah you know to to dealing with the espresso and then being allowed to build the whole drink or whatever so. and that brings us to the second part and that is the milk steamer mm-hmm. who literally is on top of the world because you are just <laughs> handing people a pretty drink they're getting their thing from you. Yep. So they're thanking you. Yep. They're saying, oh, my God, did you mean to make a heart? And I'm like, uh, you know, that's what I call a beauty for a beauty. You know, oh, I'm God. Like, but, you know, and but, then, Mike, but is it a more dangerous of the two jobs because you're working with the steam arm all the time? I mean, it. I mean, the potential for burning is higher. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, that happens, you know, if you're if you know what you're doing, that it doesn't happen as much. And, and literally the acclaim and the the accolades that, you know, people are showering upon you. Oh, and you get to meanwhile, so you got your social. like meanwhile, you're just shop bitch. Meanwhile, yeah, you got <laughs> shop bitch like your hands are like stained with coffee forever. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like my index finger, because when you pull it, when you get the shot in there, you have to you have to wipe it. It was basically yep. what I was trained as you do the north, south, east, west, and then five pounds of pressure, tamp, ten, uh, 40 pounds of pressure, and then you pull it in. So you're just like, arm is, you know, my hand. You there know, are I injuries. Have... There's people literally carpal tennis, tunnel. Yeah, tennis carpal elbow, tunnel for tennis sure. elbow for yeah. Bar- yeah, barista oh, elbow. Like your, your wrist is just constantly yeah. going back and forth in a very right. unnatural. And then you have to like, you have to. Uh, do a pull. water cleanse. Yep. Do, you, do you do a water cleanse between every pull? Oh yeah, you got it. Yeah. You got well. You um, what is it? The pre pre infusion. Yeah. Okay. And then there's like yeah the the uh, oh my god, what's it? So yeah, you're basically you have to. It's so wasteful too. But you're basically like 
running a little bit of water at the espresso machine if you're really, you know, uh, a rock star. And people used to – here's the thing. When people say rock star, it's like I've heard it – I've heard it at, like, grocery stores where, like, somebody on the intercom, like, hey, we got a big – we just got a big shipment in the back. We got any rock stars who want to come help? I'm like – you're. Rock stars just became a thing for doing hard work. Right. I don't know when Which that is the happened. Opposite of, um... uh, yeah, that's not what a rock star is. But yeah, so you know, you you do the pre pre rinse, and then you'll take a towel and wipe down the filter. Yeah. Um, and so you're doing that every time, and then you go to the milk steamer, who's just like chatting it up. Yeah. People are like, "Oh my god, what are you doing?" You know, and it's usually the person who has the most seniority is on the milk. Is that was that is that your preferred position? I mean, I of course, yeah, uh, because yeah, you get all the fame and all the glory, and you know, and like if you're like, hey, have a great day, uh, but you really do. If you don't have a strong person pulling the shots and taking the orders, then it's just a nightmare. So a lot of times by the end, I would just be on shots. Mm-hmm. Because it's easier than having the rest of my day get messed up. Got it. Because there's someone, you know, who can't, like, who can't handle a line of people, you know? Yeah. Hey, Sidework fans. Thanks for listening to part one of Barista Life. We'll be back next week with part two. But until then, remember, you can send us your server-submitted stories at our new email address, sideworkpod at gmail.com. And remember to rate and review. Thanks for listening.